0: Welcome to Improv Interviews, and today I have a wonderful special guest. He's coming back a second time because he's so much fun. His name is Daniel DeWalt, and we're going to be talking about some exciting developments in his world and talk about his life a little bit. Thank you for coming today, Daniel.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Great to see you. So uh, we talked a lot about your improv career, and I know you've studied with some amazing folks and done some amazing work in improv. But you've also been making films. Can you tell me a little bit about the filmmaking you've done?
1: Yes, I started uh, making <laughs> I started making films in 2010, and I had always wanted to be involved in that end of it. Uh, what happened is my uh, my son. Jonathan DeWald, who works in Hollywood as a producer and, uh, and uh, writer, he, uh, he had a film camera that he didn't want anymore. So I bought it from him. His, actually, his mother and I bought it for him, and then uh, he sold it back to me when he was done with it. And I said, well, you know, I got this camera, so I'm going to start doing films. So uh, my first film was a film called uh, Starring in My Very Own Life had uh, a cast of about 32, 33, I was also in it as a small role. And uh, it dealt with a, a, a children's theater, uh, a young lady who was, had been incarcerated and came out of, the child, out, of the, out of juvenile to come back and had to be reaccepted by the parents of the children's theater, all the children. And that didn't go so well for her, it was a lot of controversy, a lot of conflict, and it was an enjoyable film, Uh, it was enjoyable uh, rehearsing it and the performance of the filming, we, we had a great time with it.
0: I know you have a kid's program. Did you use some of the kids from your kid's program as actors? Yes. Uh,
1: My parent company is My Covered Bridge Incorporated, and I have a number of divisions. One of those was Covered Bridge uh, Children's Theaters and Covered Bridge Studios. Children's Theaters were doing plays. The studios were teaching improv and a wide variety of acting disciplines, actually 25 different acting disciplines and uh, so yes i did use uh, students and actors from the children's theater as well as from our adult uh, uh, theater as well
0: that's that's brilliant and having worked a little bit in children's theater kind of a real story but some things happen like that in children's theater unfortunately mm-hmm. we see all kinds of you know especially with teens you know issues like bullying and other things that Go on, so that's just brilliant. And other um, films that you've done that you're happy to talk about?
1: Yeah, uh, I I did a film. Uh, uh, one of my uh, one one of the films I did right after uh, starring in my own very own life was a uh, a fantasy a, pre- a prequel to Peter Pan called Conundrums, and so that was a lot of fun. We did a lot of green screen work on that one again, with a lot of children and, a, and about five or six adults. And uh, a couple of years later, I adapted it into a play called Mystic Chimes, and we put it on the stage as a, as a play. Uh, so that was one play I, I did, a, a, that was one film. Another film I did was called Green Screen Adventures. Uh, <clears throat> where We just did, a, it was more like a, a review on film. With a lot of very interesting little moments, include one, one particular scenario was the original in uh, original development of the song "Happy Birthday." Oh, uh, so we came up with the, I came up with the idea of how how that song came to be. Uh, we had a number of uh, scenes that were very interesting in there. I uh, did another film that was a a, a lot of fun. Uh, that uh, dealt with uh, uh, um, a fantasy dealing with outer space. And it was a science fiction film. And uh, there's been a couple of others since, since then. Oh, I did. I, I was also hired to do a film uh, for a couple who wanted something, a film about their life. And so we decided to do it as a silent, a black and white silent movie. And that was hilarious. That's, you can find that on YouTube. It's, uh, I think it was called uh, uh, Visiting the Redmonds. Anyway, uh, that was a lot of fun uh, recreating moments in their life in a black and white silent film format.
0: That's beautiful. Are any of your other films available on YouTube or on your site or?
1: Yeah, I have some of my films and documentaries. I've done some documentaries, too. Uh, you can find those on YouTube uh, with uh, My Covered Bridge. And you'll you, you'd find uh, some of the films that I have there, or clips from some films, and some stuff from our theater work, too.
0: Great. Well, before we started today, we were talking about that special TV special, Inventing Improv. And how glad I was it was shown because, unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't know who Viola Spolin even was. But you studied at uh, Second City and you were in Players Workshop in the early 90s. And when did you start your improv journey?
1: That was in uh, 1990. I was doing, uh, I had just gotten divorced. I was doing uh, stand up, I had always been a writer. And I started doing stand-up comedy to develop uh, my sense of humor on the page. And uh, I uh, spent about a year doing stand-up on and off. And then somebody came up to me and said, told me I really wasn't doing traditional stand-up, that I was doing some of the stuff that he had seen at Second City, and he thought they had classes. So I thought, that's interesting. So I called Second City. They told me about Players Workshop, where I'd have to start. And uh, I started taking the classes there and I found my home that was in 90. And uh, so I graduated from Players Workshop of the Second City and then went to uh, Second City for the conservatory, trained there for about a year and a half. Uh, And um, uh, recently, Players Workshop reopened. They had closed for a while, but they reopened and uh, I helped with that. And uh, I went through the training again. So I've graduated twice from Players Workshop.
0: Well, that's really cool. And who started Players Workshop anyway? There have been a lot of famous names attached to... Well, uh,
1: the woman who started Players Workshop was Josephine Forsberg. Right. Josephine worked directly with Viola Spolin. And uh, when they when Second City first started, Josephine and her, her family, who were improvisers and teachers that she hired, they would teach the improv to the people who were going to be working at Second City. So they had a symbiotic relationship, Second City and Players Workshop for a number of years until the uh, Players closed due to the fact that Second City started, their, uh, it, uh, started doing the same class as Players Workshop was beyond just their conservatory program.
0: So, so when you completed the conservatory, and by the way, when, they, when you were watching that documentary, did you recognize some folks you knew from back in the day?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Ann Livera, Steve Carell, Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey, Stephen Colbert. Um, You know, quite a few people that I had either been taught by uh, uh, teachers of mine or I had as a student uh, sat in the audience hundreds of times and watched what improv could really be. And uh, it was just great. I also, of course, Aretha Sills, uh, Viola Spolin's uh, granddaughter, who I've taken classes from uh, when she came to visit Chicago a couple of years ago. Uh, she taught a class at Hull's house and I had a great time working with her. Uh, so, yeah, the, and, you know, there was a lot of people there that I had been around or had watched.
0: So so what? where does your path take you after you kind of left Second City? and? You know, maybe what were you doing then?
1: Well, actually, shortly after I graduated from Players Workshop, there was a few months uh, that before I started training at Second City. And uh, I saw a, an ad someplace. I forget where it was, but they were looking for a, an acting teacher. So I came in and I said, well, uh, I'd like to teach improv. And I started out with a single beginner's le- le- level class. I remember going to my first class not having prepared myself for what I was going to teach. So on my the seat next to me while I was driving, I had a legal pad and I was making notes of what I would teach in that first class. And <laughs> so that, that was the start of my my manual. I have a huge manual of uh, improv training that I use. One of the things that I did, which was very fortunate, uh, both the Players Workshop and Second City, I was one of the few students there that would be taking notes. And if I didn't take notes during the class, as soon as I got in my car before I went home, I'd pull out my steno pad and I'd make notes as I remembered from things that I learned. Those things helped me a great deal at being able to take my gift of, of improv that was given to me and give it to others.
0: Boy, you should see all of my notes and notebooks and they're a jumble. I wish I had started organizing right away. I keep saying, I have a big box right next to my desk. I keep saying, I'm gonna get this organized. I'm gonna write them in some kind of order. But uh, it's, I don't know, mishigosh. So good for you. I'm glad you were able to master that. I'd love to see it, it'd be great. So, And then, so you were teaching this one place, your classes grew.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so I started Yeah, I started teaching, and eventually I came up with the name My Covered Bridge, uh, and I incorporated myself after a couple of years. Um, I call it My Covered Bridge because covered bridges are my favorite thing in the whole world. And some people who know this, not, not a lot of people know, but the reason I call it My Covered Bridge is because then when people say that, it belongs to them. So if you were one of my students, you would say I train at my covered bridge, which means your covered bridge.
0: Wow. Um, I'm visualizing actual covered bridges, but it has a lot of other meanings, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, I, covered bridge. Well, covered bridge is just, you know, uh, means a lot to me. At uh, The films I make now, at the beginning of the film, there's a, uh, a splash page that has a girl that walks through a covered bridge and wearing just jeans, it's black and white. And when she gets to the other side of the bridge, she turns around and everything becomes color and her outfit changes to something very, uh, very interesting and, and unusual and gaudy. And um, it's like she finds herself. So I often use that as the analogy, you go through the covered bridge to find your better self.
0: Yeah. I just love that. What a concept. That's great. And so what have you been teaching? You've been teaching some virtual classes during the pandemic?
1: Yes, actually it was interesting. Uh, We, some of my in-person classes we ended up having to cancel because of COVID when it first started. And uh, so I decided to try this thing of doing classes on zoom and I started out with a group of about 10 students who from all over the country, including areas around where I live here in the Chicago area. And uh, I signed them up there were, there. were I think there were nine adults and one teenage girl who was already a, a graduate of my improv program, but her mother wanted to take the class. And so they took it together. So she took it twice. And uh, my wife also took it years ago. My wife took a beginner's class, and I don't remember why, but she didn't decide. She decided she was too busy or whatever with her own work to go in, to continue the training. So she went through uh, that training, and uh, so we had all those people graduate. The first, my first online graduate of uh, improv. So my wife is now a graduate, and in our program when. Uh, the students graduate, depending on their age, they can either join our professional improv troop, one of our two improv, improv troops, Kids on the Bridge for children and teens, and uh, Graffiti on the Fourth Wall for the uh, for the adults. And so, uh, so now these people are members of uh, our improv troops. But I should tell you that uh, about two years ago, my children's theater. Uh, and my Coverbridge uh, production company, which is the entity that operates the improv troops. I sold those to, uh, to two of my um, uh, actors and directors. Uh, one is a woman named Christina Halloran. I took her under my wings for about five years. She bought my children's theater and together we've developed it from a single entity of one play a year to actually eight plays a year. Cause we have four,
0: my gosh,
1: that's great. You have four children, twice a year we have plays for four age groups. We have Covered Bridge Tots Theater, Covered Bridge Kids Theater, Covered Bridge Children's Theater, and Covered Bridge Teens Theater.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So they're in rehearsals right now for four four plays for the fall season. And so Christina, uh, we changed the name to Covered Bridge Playhouse with those theaters underneath it. And she's doing a really great job. I'm her producer emeritus permanently, so I still mentor her, and then uh, two other people, a fellow named, an improviser named Josh Gatos, uh, his his stage name, Josh Blair, and his, um, uh, the producer, Sarah uh, Denton, they purchased my Covered Bridge Productions company, uh, and they had been directing and assistant directing me, so that I felt, I felt confident that they would take those, that company, and move it to where it needed to be, and again, I'm their producer emeritus, so uh, I'm still around. I still support them. I, you know, encourage people to go see their shows and so on.
0: But there's something new cooking up in the wings, right? Well,
1: yes. Years yeah. ago, years ago, when I used to ha- when I started my children's theater, I'm sorry, my children's classes, uh, improv classes, uh, I found that very few adults out here in the suburbs would want to take the improv training, so. While I had started trying to have classes just for adults, and only two or three people would sign up, I decided, well, I wanted to have the children and the adults together. That worked out okay, uh, but I wanted to expand on that. I also wanted to go beyond my five levels of training. I teach We teach beginners, intermediate, advanced, senior, and graduate level improv. It takes a little over a year to go through that. But there was more I wanted to teach beyond that. So I came up with this idea of, first I was gonna create a third improv troupe and I changed it to a, just simply a master improv class. And with, a, with combining children, teens and adults all in the same class, uh, students who have already graduated from our programs or have had similar uh, training and experience outside of our company. And so we're bringing them in uh, we're doing a, and we've given it the name generations on the bridge, which is a great name. Yeah. And so now what we do is once a month we'll have a, uh, a two hour class. And what we do is we concentrate on one specific concept of improv, Huh. like the first one we did, it was all about supporting your partner. So we did warm ups and exercises and games. and concentrated on that concept, separate from every other concept, you know, highlighting that uh, and others. We've got one coming up where we're concentrating on object work, that's gonna be next Tuesday. And as far as location, we have uh, have our theater in Tinley Park, which we can use. I have a small studio attached to my home in Midlothian here. Uh, So if we have a smaller group of about eight or 10, we can manage that. Uh, then we also have Zoom, which I can do some of the classes on Zoom. Terrific. And uh, also uh, Christina, who I mentioned, owns my children's theater now. Uh, her and her husband own a large uh, banquet hall restaurant bowling alley in Orland Park uh, outside of Chicago. And so they've given us the opportunity to use their banquet hall, which I can easily hold 60, 70 people if I don't use that many. Right now we're doing this with just the uh, alumni of uh, our company, but next year, starting in January, we're going to uh, open it to uh, people, uh, improvisers from outside of our own network. Right now we're doing it for free. Uh, I think sometime in next year, we'll probably charge uh, a nominal fee uh, you know, for the, for the classes, but it'll be very, very inexpensive. And we're more interested in concentrating on getting these various generations working together, and concentrating on a specific aspect of improv uh, at, for that two hour. That's, period. Fabulous.
0: That's fabulous. Now, um, you said next Tuesday, mm-hmm. is, uh, I should get this out before then. Okay, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, when is the December class?
1: I'm not sure about what day we'll have in December. I've got a few. Uh, we've got a few trips coming up. My my wife and I are going to be going to L.A. Uh, shortly, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, to spend uh, a couple of weeks with my son and his wife and our granddaughter.
0: Nice. And
1: um, uh, but it, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, what what time is your class on Tuesday?
1: Seven o'clock. I generally, okay. want to do them like seven to nine p.m. 7 to 9 p.m. Chicago time? Yes, Central Standard Time. Okay,
0: that's terrific. And if people wanted to register, I can put a link to it, but on your website, there's a place to register.
1: Well, they can just simply email me uh, at mycoveredbridge at or they can look me up on Facebook and send me a private message. And like I said, starting next year, we'll be take, uh, bringing in, uh, opening it up to people, improvisers qualified improvisers who have graduated someplace else, and they'll be invited to come in too, regardless of their age.
0: Oh, that's just brilliant. I love that idea, Dan, it's just terrific. I really enjoy that a lot. So it's going to be almost like, well, I, I'm not sure what the conservatory meant for Second City, but it's almost, it sounds like a, a conservatory program where you're learning about all the different aspects of improv and that's Mm -hmm. so important that's just fantastic so um you mentioned your son and his wife and your grandchild and uh did your son ever take classes with you
1: that's funny uh he i started he was four years old four or five years old when i started training at players workshop and so he was around it a lot he would see some of my student shows we i would take him with to see the uh uh, the professional shows on the main stage and the other theaters at Second City. And uh, he was like always the youngest kid and the youngest person in the audience. So he loved it and we would improvise together. But when I wanted to take my classes, he didn't want to. And he never told me why. But then when he was about 15 or 16, I told him, I said, well, if your mother and I pay for it, would you like to take the teen classes at Second City? And he said, oh yeah. And <laughs> That changed his life forever. He did. was going to be going to college. He was going to study psychology or business. And um, so he did go to college, but he soon found what he really wanted to do is to be involved in acting and improv. So he he did a lot of work at, uh, at uh, uh, Second City, and then he started working with other entities like... Uh, uh i think he was at annoyance theater for a while he was certainly at uh io improv olympic which you know changed his name to io right and um you know other uh improv theaters eventually he went to amsterdam he got hired by boom chicago which is a very well-known improv yes, yes community there and he started working for comedy central europe uh and um so he he, uh, he came home after Amsterdam decided it was time to move to LA started doing stand up there and doing a lot of extra work on films and television shows, but he found his niche in, um, in writing and producing. And so he's uh, been a writer and producer along with his wife, who's also a graduate of second city. And also uh, she has a theater degree from Columbia college Mm -hmm. Uh, and they, 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 uh, they met out there in L.A., and they, uh, they eventually got married after about five or six years. And so as a writing team, they've been pretty hot. They've uh, written shows like uh, Undateable, um, Living Biblically, The Cool Kids. Uh, they've written some of their own films. They just finished uh, a season of the new revised uh, Head of the Class, which is available right now the entire 10 uh, episode season on HBO Max. And so at this level, they're supervising producers and writers on that show. They've also got some film works, films that they've written in the works, in pre-production and so on. So we're very happy and proud of them. We'll be visiting them. We'll spend a few weeks out in LA. And uh, when we come home, we'll figure out when we're gonna have our December class.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. Good for your son and his family and good for you, because, of course, and your wife, because that's where your son got his creative genius, of course.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, it's Jonathan DeWalt and Allison Bosma. Uh, that's my uh, son and daughter-in-law and our little granddaughter, Iris. How and old
0: is Iris?
1: Iris is two and a half now.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, what a great age. What a great yeah. age. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah. So, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, so my wife Cynthia and I are really, really uh, eager to get out there because we we don't get, these days, we don't get to see my son that often.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not so far from Chicago, so that's good. It's a nonstop flight, right?
1: Yeah, we're taking a nonstop out there, yes.
0: That's good. I I just took a three-stop flight to uh, Wisconsin. Not fun. (laughs) Um, Well, you're always doing fascinating things, and I'm so excited about your program coming up. And I do want to, of course, we'll put your email in the text for for this podcast. And I want to thank you for coming back again. I hope I can get in one of those classes because um... Yes,
1: I will keep you informed. You're on our database. And so when you Mm When you uh, see one of our, uh, when we have one of our Zooms, unless you happen to be in Chicago, the Chicago area at the time we're doing a, a class, uh, you'll certainly welcome to to join us.
0: Okay, well, that would be great if I was. Who knows where I'll be next? <laughs> I never know. All right. Well, Mr. Daniel D. Wall, thank you so much for your time today, and I know our listeners are going to enjoy listening to this as well. Take care now.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.